Welcome to the All In Employee Podcast with your hosts, R. Scott Russell and Kevin Gergel, the Vice Presidents of CA Short Company. To learn more about Scott or Kevin, visit cashort.com. Now, on with the show. Hey, Kevin, we're back, man, for episode two of the All In Employee Podcast this season. Uh, it's going to be a great one today, Scott. Gonna be great. Now you're down. Uh, we're doing our show. Of course, we do our shows from different spots depending upon where we are. So you're in Atlanta today, right? I'm in Atlanta. Literally in my mind, I'm in Hawaii though. Oh, in your mind? Oh, yeah. I want to be in Hawaii in my mind, friend. I'll take that after a cold and rainy weekend that we had here. So I will take that. But we got a couple of great topics we're going to talk about today. Um, we just recently had our employee kickoff, something we do at the start of the year to. Um, get our employees not only aligned to what our goals are for this year, uh, but we talk about our successes from the past year, and then each of the executives takes some time. Um, you told a great story there um, that's been going around for a good while, but it's a great story. I really love it, and I wanted to talk about that today, the donut story, uh, and, and, in, and in the, um, it's funny enough, in, in me looking up a little bit of history, Kevin, I found all kinds of history on how the donut was created. So I've learned a lot about donuts in the last week, uh, which I love donuts, by the way. So I, I'm going to give up, but you're going to tell us that story today and talk a little bit about what that means. And then um, we're going to share a little bit of some capabilities that we have that folks might not know about. We're going to talk a little bit about employee engagement surveys and finding out how to get under what's going on with your employees. And we do that as well. So excited about this episode, man. Um, we're getting ready for some great things. It is still quarter one here, uh, but we're doing some really cool things. But let, let's dive right in. Let's go in. So we had our kickoff. And um, you got up and told this great story. I really love this. I've heard you tell this before. Um, and I know you and I have done some digging. I don't know the exact history of this story. I think it came out around 2017-ish, I think is when you said you started to see it. I think I started to see it about 2018. Uh, might even be a foreign story, but it, it's really about the message of this story which is told great in uh, first person, right? You kind of have to tell it. It's best impactful in first person. So I'm going to just, if you're good, man, I'm going to ask you to tell the story and then let's talk about it. Oh, that sounds great. Um, and like you, Scott, I love donuts. I love all things sweet. Yeah, me too. Um, and, and, um, I won't lie, so Kevin, I tore through a bag of little white donuts this weekend. <laughs> like I bought a bag thinking this will last me a week. No, I bought them on Friday and had eaten them all by Saturday. So I'll just be honest. Week. I like your style. Donut I like week. your style. Uh, donut week. <laughs> well, uh, you know, sweets and travel are two things we have in common because we do travel quite a bit uh, yeah. with our job. So a few years ago, uh, after a particularly long business trip, I was exhausted and I found myself in an airport, excited to head home to, to my wife and kids. Um, I did have a little time in the airport to kill, though, so I, I went over to this little coffee stand, and they had a, um, a thing where you could buy five donuts, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to treat myself to these little mini donuts. They smell delicious, so I got a cup of coffee, uh, grabbed the donuts, found a place to sit, and I take off my jacket, pull out my laptop, going to knock out a few emails uh, while I was killing time and enjoy the donuts, so I'm just getting settled in. When I look across the table from me and I notice uh, a man reach into my donuts and grab one. 
And it, I was like, what? And I what wish people happened? could see our faces, right? When yes. you say that, you make a face every time, like, he just grabbed your donut. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, my gosh, that that's nothing like that's ever happened to me before. And I, I'm, I'm not really want to be uh, confrontational. So I was like, oh, so I texted my wife, Teal. I was like, um, the strange thing just happened. So I, I decided I'm going to go in and, and, and grab that second donut and show, hey, these are mine. Um, so I do that. And I kind of look at him and give a little smile. And um, he looks at me and nothing happens for a few minutes. So I type an email and then I look up. Sure enough, he's back in grabbing that third donut. And now I'm getting like mad. I'm like, what the heck? Uh, who is this guy? Who is this weirdo eating my donuts? And I, I wanted to say something, but I chickened out. So I, I just went in and I got the fourth one. And now we find ourselves at the standstill where he's had two donuts i've had two donuts we're not talking uh it's it's just like the the tensions in the air and i'm, I'm texting my wife more i'm like this, this weirdo's eating my donuts what is going on so a long time goes by and eventually uh he gets up and there's still that last donut on the table he gets up he smiles at me he breaks the donut in half hands me the donut and walks away with a big smile. And I'm like, what just happened? <laughs> this is so bizarre. What a weird note. Cheering. Cheering. Exactly. So about 10 minutes later, it's time for me to, to board my flight. So I, I gather my stuff up, put my laptop away, and I go to grab my jacket. And uh, sure enough, guess what's underneath my jacket? My donuts. <laughs> so, so he had donuts of his own on the table that uh, I was eating. Uh, so here I, I thought he was the weirdo. I was the psycho eating his donuts. And he didn't say anything and he had a great attitude. So um, that really uh, taught me several lessons. But the biggest is uh, is um, how, how I'm looking at life, how I'm approaching life. Or in other words, you know, what's the perception here? So I kind of had my, my blinders on into my own little world. Um, when, if I would have taken a step back and looked at the bigger picture, I would have realized that I was among the wrong. So, um, that's the story that I shared with our team, uh, a couple of weeks ago. And, uh, I've used several times, My my kids are, are a little bit tired of hearing that story. Cause I, I bet, it. I bet, but, um, it does. Wife I think probably it, is too. She's like, you keep using me and you've never called me about donuts. But exactly. You, 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 yes. Well, you know what? It's a great story though, because, and again, I mean, it just comes across so much better in first person than when you're telling it any other way. But two things come out of that for me. One is we've all experienced something like it, right? I will hands down tell you while no one has ever eaten my donuts, I've had that happen <laughs> with French fries. I'm not going to lie. That <laughs> happened with French fries at a table um, with some people who thought the fries were for everyone. And in turn, they ate my fries. Right. And so I have just went down to this, this whole thing or, or like similar to that, right, where you think they're eating your fries and they were not. I had my own. But what it comes down to is how how often have you been absolutely convinced that you were right only to find out later that you were mistaken? Right. And, and the real moral of that story is never let appearance deceive you and never let your ego take over your life. 
Um, and that's where you think you're always right, right? I think the original, um, from what I've been able to gather a little bit, is the original part of that story, I think it actually is a foreign story, but it's where um, a gentleman was in the airport and, I, and it was a homeless gentleman that was eating the donuts. And so it all came down to looks and appearance and things like that because it was right. video. Now, you're not telling that, you know, you got to drop those things out when you tell that just to an audience. But it's not really, um, you know, it's not one of those stories that there's, I have been able to find. Like, if, if you know this out there and you want to tell us, but we don't really know who, who the author the of that story, story is. Right. I've, done some, I've done some looking. Uh, and that's how I learned a lot about donuts. Um, but it but it really comes down to have you ever stood your ground thinking you were completely right about something only to find out that your perception was was scarred, right? That it wasn't it wasn't the truth. And how did you meet that truth? Like how did you learn from it and then change your mindset moving forward? Um, and like I said, I think we've all had probably instances that were similar. Um, cause I, I have, right. I've definitely stood my ground and thought I was 100% right. Only to have Jeff knock me off my pedestal, right. In five seconds. Um, and that usually happens if it involves math. Um, and so, uh, but, but there are other times, you know, that you just think, wow, I know this, man, I got this. I know this, this is mine. I know this only to find out that that confidence, it was misplaced. Right. And that sometimes we shouldn't let our own, um, I like how that, that, where it says ego, just, it's your ego, right? You brought your ego to the table thinking, oh, I'm right, this is mine, I know this is what's happening, blah, 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 only to find out that it's the other way around. And then and right. that person is on the other side thinking exactly what we're thinking. Like, I don't know, why is this person eating my donuts? <laughs> but I'll be sweet to them, right? And I'll share. And, I, and so I think, you know, I, I love the story because it really does wake us up to perception sure. and um, a lot going on in our world this year um, without getting into specifics. And sometimes perception is everything. And, and it is about what we perceive to be the truth versus what the truth really is. And, and how do we take that? And are we man enough to own up to it or woman enough out there uh, to own up to it? You know, can you can we own up to those mistakes? Um, I like to think with donuts, there are no mistakes. I think you just <laughs> this, everybody dive in. Right. Eat, eat, eat all you can. Uh, but I do. I think it's a great story. Um, uh, it, it is. And, you know, it, it, I think it speaks to the, the power of, of storytelling and getting your, your point across with the story uh, and how, how you're going to have better results by doing it that way. Uh, because as humans, we're wired to, uh, to, to, to learn and to yearn for stories. That's how we emotionally connect. And that's as a leader, that's a great way to, to get points uh, across uh, in a non-direct way. Because listen, we've all been humbled. We've all been in, in situations where the ego got the best of us. Um, but do we, do we learn from those situations? Um, sometimes it takes hearing a story like that to light bulb to go on 
and uh, for you to truly not only change your perception, but change change your behavior from sure. that. So, well, and um, there are good storytellers out there, right? I think I think you're one. I think that, you know I feel like I'm a good storyteller when I find the, just the right ones. And, and stories change and evolve, right? That's what we're saying. So the original story was really about a man in an airport and the homeless man, and it was a it was more visual, and it was just about you know that person didn't look like someone who would be that person, and then turns out that that's it but that story migrates depending upon you know your messaging and your messaging is really more about the shock and awe of hey this is going down and I don't know what to do but I think I'm in the right the whole time sure. <laughs> when you figure out that you're not right and that it's a different it's actually a different game you're playing but yeah I swear that's happened to me in french fries probably not in an airport I think I'm, I'm like I, I want to get I'm going to ask my friends that because I swear that there was somewhere we were when people were eating my fries. And they, it's like one of those, you know how restaurants now have those tables that a lot of people sit at? I think sure. people thought, like I know two similar stories. There's some French fries, and I think this has happened to some friends of mine with wine. When they thought people were drinking their wine and it was like, <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say, I would speak up if someone tried to take my beer now. Yeah, um, gonna take my wine. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff would too. Don't be drinking my Bud Light. Yeah, that's uh, right. No, it's a great story, and and perception, perceptions, everything in some cases in business, and um, and I think that I've been told that you know for years and years and years in my career that you know there's there's to be a great leader it's not like you have an off and on switch, right? That the perception must be that you're a leader at all times in your life and that um, you can't just flip it off when you walk out of the building, that perception still reigns. And if people see you, what, what you exhibit in your life is, is the perception that people take from it, whether you're in your office or out of your office, right? So um, yeah, really great story, man. Really great story there. Oh, thanks. Um, you know, speaking of per perception as it relates to employee engagement, employee recognition, employee experience, I wanted to get your thoughts on the perception of an employee engagement survey, both from maybe a, a kind of a leadership perspective and then an employee perspective. Sure, Because sure, uh, I think there's a lot of different perceptions out there. Oh, there are. There are. And, you know, um, for the first for the first piece is I think I think there are a lot of uh, organizations out there and leaders and roles that do assume to perceive what their employees wants and needs are right they think they've heard it at the water cooler they have been told it by someone else they they at some points can think well I've got this I know what my people want and need right or what their what their expectations are etc um, when in the reality is that that can often be misperceived information right that you're only listening to the handful who talk louder than everyone else so therefore you're not really getting all of the information you need and 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 that is one area in which i think an employee engagement survey um, is highly highly appropriate is to that tool really does allow you as an organization to um, question down to the frontline level, you know, all the way through the organization. That's what an important piece of it is from top down, down and back, is that you truly can get a line of sight 
into what your employees believe are going well with your organization, what things that can be improved upon, and then what things are just misaligned, right? Sometimes you can, you can have uh, initiatives and activities and things that truly don't even support your mission or don't support the values. And in, you may perceive them to do that, but you need the employee to tell you whether that's true or not, right? And I think, I think that they're very important and very timely in a sense that I won't tell you you have to do something every year. You, you don't necessarily have to do it every year. I think you should do a large employee engagement survey at least every couple of years, every three at the, at the least. And then, and then what has come about in the last several years are these what we call more like a pulse survey, which is to me is really, it's, it's what it says it is. It's checking the pulse of your employees, right? It is in a moment in time, right? It's a moment yeah. in time. They're usually much shorter. I'll give you an example. So a large employee engagement survey to me is going to have probably 35 plus questions. Um, you don't want any survey really to take more than 15 minutes. That's a, that's a line for me. Um, I think you start to lose interest if you go any farther than that. And, and not everyone will give you honest answers. Uh, huge thing you got to have in an employee engagement survey is anonymity. It is, it is the single most important factor if you're going to do it. If you're going to have a survey out there where you want people to put their name to it, um, those results, I don't even want to see them. I don't want to work with them. I don't want to see them because they're skewed. No one's going to tell you the truth, right? It's just yeah. very blunt. Nobody's going to give you negative information if they know that you know who they are because employees have a fear. So let's switch to the employee side of that conversation. Yeah, right. You go right back to the perception. If, I, yeah, lot, it goes into if perception. I'm an employee, do I feel safe to fill this out? Exactly. Um, are there going to be repercussions? Are they going to know it's me? Or am I just going to check the box here and, and answer how I think my employer wants me to? Exactly. So there's that perception as well. So a couple of things you said there. So that you know, that's huge. The employee needs to be very confident that this is an uh, anonymous survey and that you can't get that information back to them. You don't know exactly who they are, et cetera, because that's the only way they're going to feel comfortable truly giving you their insights. And even then, you're probably still going to hit some spots where they're nervous. So I always tell people this, if you run a survey, and let's say one of your options for your questions is neutral. If those neutral numbers are above 10%, people are generally not telling you the truth, right? Mm -hmm. So if, and I'll, and I'll just say this from the way I look at it. That, so, so one of the reasons we talk about this today is a lot of people may not recognize that we at CA Short actually do, um, it's one of our lines of business. So we support, uh, we execute on employee engagement surveys, whether they're very large, we've done uh, thousands of employees um, all the way down to smaller subsets, right? So one of the things that I notice is that when, an, when a large group of employees choose that neutral answer, it, I tend to just count that as a negative. I'm going to lean negative because most of the time it means an employee wants to tell you a negative, but is riding the line. They do not feel confident giving you a positive, but they're nervous to give you the negative. Right. And so you have to build up trust with those employees to get to, to shrink that number. I'd rather you tell me that you agree or you simply don't. But to tell me in the, that you just have no thought about it, 
That could be. Yeah, lukewarm. Lukewarm sucks. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, it, it might be hot true. or cold. Yeah. yeah, it might be true in a handful of instances, but it's not going to be true. That's why I was saying if, if you start having over, you know, any kind of question where you've got 20% or higher giving you the neutral, there's a group of people there that really just aren't comfortable giving you their answer. And so I will lean negative in that space. But for the employee, here's the key for the employee. An employee is more likely to participate and give you honest answers if you are timely and act upon those results. I think so you hit that right on the head. Yep. Yeah. Say that, say that again. Okay. So the employee will more likely give you honest answers if you are timely and act upon the results. So if all you do is ask questions every year, but you don't do anything, Hmm. they're going to lose interest. Nobody's going to tell you anything because they see you not doing anything about it. Now, am I going to tell you that as an organization, you got to do every single thing your employee tells you to do? Of course not. None of us can. But what you have to do is take the results and, and come back and communicate to, the, to your employees, hey, we've heard you. Here are the things that you said we're doing well. Here are the things you think we can improve upon. And here are our next steps and our commitments to you as the employee. And then you find the ones you can act upon, but you have to do it and follow through with it or, or the employee side will start to say, well, I answer this every year and they don't do anything right now. Mm -hmm. I'm going to be fair to a company though, as an employee, you might be saying something crazy. So <laughs> just because you have put it in a thing that, Hey, I want to work four day weeks and you haven't provided a four-day week schedule, well, that's not the company's fault, right? That's all about what does your company look like? What can it do? What works for that company? But if, if you have a communication problem in your company and your employees are telling you that year over year over year over year, if you don't take steps to fix that, eventually they don't care to answer that anymore. Right. Sure, sure. Why, why would I keep telling you guys? Eventually, I'm going to give you the neutral or just go Eh, things are OK. So <laughs> you, you do have to be prepared to uh, be transparent is one of my uh, things I feel very strongly about. Um, and, you know, we just recently did that at our kickoff. We talked about those things we do well, but we also shared very blatantly the things that did not score well. And and we didn't hide behind it. Like I, I just fully believe in being transparent and owning what those issues are. It, it humanizes the whole company, right? It makes it so that you're not just skirting some issues, right? We do right. talk about certain things, but you can't skirt them as a company and think, oh, well, we can never affect that. So let's just not talk about it. That's not the way to be. You really need to hit it head on and right. talk about why you might not be able to make a change that an employee wants or that employees are saying, hey, this is a negative for us, but you as a company maybe have to say, well, we understand that, but it may be, this may be years in the future before we can honestly affect this, or this doesn't match our business model. And you start to realize that, well, maybe you've hired incorrectly, right? Now you, you could have 20% of your workforce that has an expectation you can never fill. Right. So you have to start to think and dig. And I just keep, you know, every time I talk about this kind of stuff, I start to undig other subjects. But I don't even know if that's a word, undig. Yeah, but I'm going to use it today, brother. I'm using it. I like it. So 
um, you know, I really love working with uh, companies when it comes to the survey functions. And because to me, it's data gathering. It sure. helps me understand your organization. Um, part of the way we handle things here is we execute that survey on the client's behalf. We do make sure they are uh, anonymous. They can be executed uh, through email, through a web link, through a printed form. Uh, we've done uh, multiple international languages in our surveys. We have that capability as well. Um, it's very interesting there. We, uh, we worked with a, a client, uh, and Kevin, you're aware of, and we saw differences um, which we felt like we would see based on uh, countries and based on locations and, and what the expectation is, let's say in um, Southeast Asia versus North America versus Northern Europe. Like it's all very different about what an employee expects. So when you ask those questions, you really do get to see different things. But uh, we execute upon that. Then we create basically that data uh, response reporting. Uh, we have a team here that gets together and we go through that information. And then what I look for are where are the greatest opportunities for a company to make improvement that could be lasting and truly affect the employee. And then what are the red flags that stick out as, hey, this is a bubbling up. This seems to be growing as a problem. Uh, and if you don't address it, it will be a bigger one for you, right? Um, yep. Definitely, we look at recognition, communication, um, and, and you know, and you can you can work with us for an employee engagement survey, and and you, you don't have to be our recognition appreciation client. Oh, absolutely! Uh, you know, you mentioned the word data, and the reason why I'm pro employee engagement surveys is because because of that. Um, in the in the absence of data, how do you make decisions? Right. Uh, as an organization, you have to have that data and you touch on so many important things. Um, as an, uh, an employer, gathering that information, understanding what it means, and then acting upon it to uh, inspire change within your in your organization. That's absolutely paramount. I take it a step further is not only do you have to do that, but then you have to continually communicate the changes that you are making and have made because people have short uh, attention spans and short memories. So I've seen scenarios where companies, they'll do an employee engagement survey, they'll get the results and then they'll do the right thing. They will make some positive changes within the organization. Uh, but by the time the next survey rolls around, people have forgotten about that. So it's important to have constant communication uh, from, from the company to the employees, reminding them of the important changes. It's also important uh, to remind people where we're going as a company, what we're accomplishing together, what are the roadblocks in the way of us accomplishing that, and how are we addressing those together? So that constant communication piece is so important. I, you know, what? I agree with you totally. I think it's it's heavily layered on the, on communication that it, it you could be doing some very good things. Uh, an example of that could be perhaps you have a very large focus on diversity and inclusion, but in a survey, you score low on that diversity question. Well, that may not the answer may not be that you're doing poorly. It just may mean that you're not communicating it well enough. Right. Mm -hmm. Again, perception. So mm -hmm. the employee might perceive we're not doing this. When in turn, the company's making great efforts, they're just not communicating those efforts in a way that it's getting down to the employee. So for me, a lot of uh, answers within a survey can be addressed with communication, depending upon what you're getting as feedback. 
but I don't think there's anything more valuable than direct employee feedback. I think that Absolutely. it is the most valuable piece of data you can get in your organization for the future of your organization and to know whether the things you've done in the past were appropriate and correct. Yeah, that's well said. Um, you know, unfortunately, there are a lot of organizations who will receive uh, the data through an employee engagement survey. And then for one reason or not, maybe it's ego, um, maybe it's something different, but they don't act upon it. And that's what kills trust, um, to your point. I think it's an opportunity. If you, you, if you take this step you to do a survey, then you have an opportunity to either build trust or lose trust. So if, if I tell you that uh, I, I'm really lacking recognition in my role, and then another six months go by and that continues to stay, stay the same way, I'm going to lose more trust in the organization. Right. Where on the flip side is if I say on that survey, and I'm really lacking some recognition, I've been working really hard, I don't feel like I, I've been getting that. And then all of a sudden, uh, in the next six months, uh, I'm getting all sorts of recognition from my direct manager and others. That's going to make me feel good. It's going to make me feel heard and listened to. And right. it's going to give inspire me to, to speak up more uh, on the next one. So it really is, uh, it's, it's a great thing if you use it correctly. I, I would argue if you don't use it correctly, if you don't act on it, then it could even be a negative. So it, it's like a lot of different things. It's how you apply it within your organization. But uh, again, I go back to uh, in the absence of data, how do you make decisions? You have to have data. You have to have the feedback from your employees. Agreed. And, and our last little plug, um, one reason we wanted to talk about it is, you know, we don't um, we don't just uh, get execute, give you the answers and say, here you go. Um, we very much partner with the people we work with to help them decipher that information. That's where the real value is. I can turn over any report with a lot of data to you and let you try to figure it out, or I can help you figure it out. And that's really where we come in with our expertise, our years of working in employee engagement, uh, recognition, appreciation, that communication, like that whole space. Um, you know, we really come together and look at that data, even with our executive team. And, and then you own the data as a client, it's your data. We don't, we don't, we don't own that data, that's yours. Um, but that, we really do look at it and think, you know, what advice can we give you um, that can help you? And, and uh, again, you, you don't have to work with us on other parts of our business. If you do, that's another plus. We can help you execute through there. We'll tell you if there are things we can do to help you, or we'll point you in the right direction for where you can go, hey, this might be a great partner for you because they can help you with blank. And that could be every, everything from uh, pay solutions to you know a time management, all kinds of different things, right? Um, the key really though is it, I would recommend companies making sure they're getting this data and that they're acting upon it. Uh, and again, don't just put yourself in a cycle of taking the survey, gathering the data, takes you all year to get everything together, and then it's time to get the data again, right? Like you've got to be able to execute fast enough. I usually leave a survey open a week, two weeks at the most, um, shoot for that 90% and above participation, but also realize that you don't need everyone's answer to figure out what the majority has to say. Right. right. There's, a, there's right. a percentage you can try to get in there. And then that gives you that. But look, we're happy to do that. It's one of the things I love to do here. Um, but I was glad to get to talk about that a little bit today because we're talking about perception. 
<laughs> and uh, and again, if if anybody out there knows exactly where the donut story came from, let us know. I'd like to look it up myself and figure out like who came up with it originally. But um, I have found some different things on. A, there's one on a good si uh, site called Good Times, uh, and that's where I found the original. Uh, looks like the original video, but it is a great story. It makes me hungry for donuts, and I might need to go <laughs> get one now. That's kind of how I'm feeling. <laughs> Babe, let's do it let's do it brother all right <laughs> episode two in the can episode three coming up we're gonna have some great guests this season getting very excited about that as well my friend and i think um i think we're good for another episode here all right thank you scott Before all right peace out one. kevin back for episode three soon peace thank you for joining us on the ca short all-in employee podcast Kevin and I will join you next time right here.